0: Welcome to Brown's Film Breakdown on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jake Burns, writer at the OBR, coming at you on what will be a a victory Monday, uh, and which is great. I want to preface this entire podcast by saying, you know, if you're one of the people who don't agree with me and think that it is a a victory and we should all be happy and that's 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 it, that's the end of the story... That's fine. You, you can feel that way. There's nothing wrong with feeling that way. And I'm happy they won. I mean, getting six wins uh, for this franchise has not been something easy in the last 20 years. But I have reasons for feeling the way that I feel. If you would like to hear those reasons about why I sort of felt like this was more of a um, a general loss Uh, atmosphere feeling after the game then stick around we'll talk about it if not that's okay you don't have to hear my opinion and I certainly don't want you to think I'm being Mr. Negative I try to keep things in perspective with this team that might not be the same thing that you think but I at least try to uh, um, you know be honest with how I feel what my expectations are for this team and if you're into hearing things that are different from your opinion stick around like I said we'll we'll chat about it I think that um, this team is for for better or worse, the word fascinating, which fascinating does not always have the connotation of positive. A fascinating thing can be a negative thing, and they are unfortunately trending toward a negative thing. They, the 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 issue being, guys, that the Odell Beckham thing has reached a a, a, a climax or a tipping point. Um, I'm. I'm I've defended the guy at every turn. I really have. I, I was I was blown away by how he felt, how he responded, how he talked, how he treated people in Cleveland when I was up there uh, before the season and. Um, you know, when Colin Cowherd or, or others would make reference that this isn't where Odell Beckham wanted to be, uh, et cetera, et cetera, I did not feel that that was true. I thought there, there, there really was no place he would rather be than in Cleveland. It just felt like it was right. The talk with Jarvis Landry, the excitement with Baker Mayfield, all of those things gave me the impression that he was excited about his time in Cleveland and excited about his opportunity. Um, to, to, to to thrive here. And now, while that may be true, it does seem like in the back of his mind there was an issue uh, with being here and not being totally happy and not being totally all-in, bought-in on the franchise. And I think that that has reached its tipping point with the situation that we are seeing now. I think it's pretty obvious to see that Odell... Um, you know, and, and let me let me backtrack a little bit. Anytime struggle and strife happens, these sorts of things can happen. But with Odell, when something like this happens, you can start to see where their emotions truly sit, where somebody's mind or frame of mind really is. And these rumblings that Jay Glazer uh, wrote about recently, or sorry, talked about recently, uh, just today, uh, was the fact that, that, that Odell was telling other teams to come get me, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and it's a bad look, and as uh, for someone like me who has defended Odell i think it's it's unfortunate that it's come to this point it doesn't rub his teammates the right way even if it's not true or he can deny it it's going to rub the team the wrong way and i think you can see a locker room divided and i don't think it took a trained eye to watch that game and be able to see that there's a disconnect going on between odell and the coaching staff odell and um baker mayfield and uh, you know he's completely he's carrying himself completely different than jarvis landry there is a massive disconnect going on and, um, you know, there's video of him, you guys saw the game, you watched him run off the field and just park it on the bench, which I felt was rather strange. And then you you can see the video of him standing outside of the huddle. They're just things, they're things happening. And it has become clear that he's not happy here. And that's a problem. It's a problem for the, the chemistry in this locker room. It's a problem for the reporters covering this team on the day to day, because they're gonna have to ask those questions. It's gonna make people in the locker room uncomfortable. And um you know I think last week it, it reached a tipping point on Twitter where people didn't want to hear about it they thought Odell put it to bed he even tweeted that he was happy in Cleveland and while that may be true I think he's he's sort of playing the semantic games of um you know I'm happy right now to an extent but he he doesn't want to be here in the future which you know that's that's his choice that's he's under contract through 2023 but like Um, he's planted those seeds. If he wanted to be here long-term, he would say that. And I'm not expecting every Cleveland athlete to sit there and say, I want to be here forever. That's not what I'm getting at. But if he wanted to be here in the future, he would have laid that to rest. And I think he's a very calculated guy, and he didn't want to do that because he doesn't know. And I think he's very uncertain about this franchise right now, and he might try to get out of it. So um, I'm not sure. But I think that, that, that situation with Odell certainly manifested itself into a really, really weird game. And it was an uncomfortable situation watching it, in my opinion, because they were just playing so poorly on both sides of the football, really. And um, you could see the, the issues with Odell and, and sort of how it was playing out on the field. And it was an uncomfortable environment for the fan base for the most part. I think if you're ignoring that or you're denying it, it is um, just sort of being ignorant to what's going on in front of you. I'm not challenging your intelligence, but it doesn't. it really doesn't take a very... Um, observant person to notice that there's some sort of issue with Odell and the rest of the team right now and like I said it is having an impact his injury is having an impact on him I did not love the way Baker Mayfield went about talking about it in public he once again tweeted an apology he's tweeted quite a few apologies this year for for an NFL quarterback but you know I don't like airing that stuff out in the media especially with the training staff and and I don't know. I I don't know what happened. I, I I the 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 chatter is that he's only practicing on Fridays, which makes it a real challenge for incorporating him in the game plan and getting timing down and all of those necessary things. Um, on top of him not being at the top of his game, and I think that there is uh you know a noticeable lack of a, a, his elite takeoff that he tr- he typically has not after catch, but his elite takeoff and routes I don't think is there, and I certainly don't think he feels right. And many athletes who who heard the report today about the Hernia issue have tweeted that it is it is it is a tough thing to deal with and it's very painful. And I applaud Odell for being able to go through with that whole thing, but it's also interesting that they would choose to ignore it or or let it ride into the season because those things those things linger. If they knew it in training camp, they probably should have attacked it. But but to air that out in public I didn't love and and it just speaks to how weird this season's going from a public standpoint. And, um, you know, with players talking to the media and this Odell thing sort of reached its, like I said, it reached the tipping point that I'm not sure. Maybe they can come back from it. Maybe they went out and everything goes well. They sneak into the playoffs, all of that stuff. But, um, you know, I I don't know. I just don't have a good feeling about it. And like I said, it, it washed into the game where the Browns made several mistakes. And it just sort of felt like even though the Bengals lost that game and the Browns won it, it had this vibe that Cincinnati's on track to do what they want to do, which is continue to lose games to get the quarterback that they want. And Cleveland is winning this game, but it's not the fashion that you would want them to win the game. It was not a clean game. It was not a clean performance. And they let Cincinnati linger. And really, if you look at it, they let Cincinnati go up and down the football field defensively and offensively. They didn't get much going. They ignored the run in the first half. So we'll talk about that stuff, but... Um, you know, for the most part, it's just a weird game, and most of the wins for the Browns this year have been weird, and again, I love that they've won six games, and they have a chance to have a winning record for the first time in a long time. I'm not knocking that. I'm just trying to tell you that these should feel different. Winning franchises or teams that are going to continue winning in the future and are led by the right men in the locker room are, are typically, those wins feel different. And they, they, they right now have this sort of caveat of you're winning, but you're beating Miami and you're beating Cincinnati, who are terrible football teams, playing terrible football. And those wins you shouldn't feel all too good about. So, Um, Yeah, there's a Buffalo win, and there's some others sprinkled in, but for the most part, this Browns team is not very good, and I think people need to understand that it is not the caliber of team that you think it is, and they're not playing up to the expectations, and the players are certainly, or, or, or their attitude, their demeanor after games answering questions, it's pretty obvious that they know that. And it's not just us who, you know, the fan base who some of us are feeling this way. The players aren't happy either. And it's it's obvious that there's something going on internally. And we don't know what that is yet. Maybe we'll find out. But there's certainly some sort of issue going on. And um, uh, we're just going to have to pay attention the last three weeks and see if any, you know, leaks come out of Berea or or whatever. The, the air quotes there happening December in Berea might give you a clue at what's going on. Mary Kay Cabot wrote of Cleveland.com wrote an article about some of the stuff going on with Odell, and I think you're going to see more and more of that stuff, sourced-based information creeping out of there. So we're going to switch topics. We're going to talk about the game, but before we do so, I want to talk to you guys about Roman. Um, You know, talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Hey, if you're dealing with a sports hernia injury, you could be dealing with something like erectile dysfunction. I was actually watching a documentary um, about going vegan and what cholesterol issues do to, uh, you know, um, this situation for a man, and and it's all tied together. So ED is more prevalent than we think, um, and usually guys just brush it off and ignore it but it's something you really have to pay attention to and with roman you can do that and it's really easy to talk to somebody about it talking with a real doctor who can prescribe you real medication it's simple safe and totally discreet with roman you can get free online evaluation and ongoing care for ed from the comfort and privacy of your home the doctor will work with you to find the best treatment plan if medication is appropriate Roman will ship it right to your door with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple and discreet. Get started today. Just go to roman.com slash bluewire and complete an online visit. Rectitis function used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor and take care of it. Just go to roman.com slash bluewire to get that free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's get roman.com slash bluewire for a free visit to get started. So, shifting to the game now... um, a lot to talk about, a lot to digest. The Browns' defense was not very good. They allowed Cincinnati, um, I'll, I'll say this with one caveat, uh, two caveats. They gave up 451 yards. You know, they allowed Andy Dalton to throw for 262 yards and, um, you know, allowed Joe, Joe Mixon to run for 146 yards but they did two things really well. They were they were tough in the red zone. Cincinnati got down in the red zone twice, three times. I take that back. They did score one touchdown, but they had two very key second half stops. One resulting in a field goal, and um, one resulting in a fourth down uh, stop off of a long Cincinnati drive. Cincinnati out, out uh, played Cleveland, 72 to 52. But the biggest caveat is that the third down uh, numbers here. So Cincinnati only went three of 12 on third down. So although they were able to pick up 27 first downs to only Cleveland 17, whenever they got to third down Cleveland was was seemingly able to come up with a big play. And then you factor in the interception return for a touchdown which was good to see for Denzel Ward, not anything heroic, ball lands in his lap, but nonetheless it was good to see um you know him get rewarded for a good play. He's been playing good football lately. But um you know, so you, you factor in how they handled the red zone, how they handled third downs and then um, creating a timely and impactful touchdown-based turnover, you can see why Cleveland was able to sort of bend but don't break and um, got themselves into the right position to win the game. Um, you know, for for Cincinnati it was five grabs for seventy-five yards for Tyler Boyd. Tyler Eifert four for forty. It's good to see him healthy. Alex Erickson had five for forty-five. He actually threw that um, you know double reverse pass for twenty-six yards too. Uh, defensively, Jermaine Pratt had eight catches for them. Sorry, eight tackles for them. Carlos Dunlap had five. Carl Lawson had a sack. And um, that's it. Nothing other really uh, noteworthy for them on that side of the football. For Cleveland, Baker Mayfield goes uh, 11 for 24 for 192. He throws two picks. Um, The first interception to David Njoku I put out on Twitter. I just don't really believe that that was an interception. Um, You know, Njoku has to be stronger at the catch point, but he's also coming back from a broken wrist. I, I certainly, the NFL catch rule continues to sort of mystify, I, I, I don't I don't know, I, I'm not sure, his butt and back and head all land on the ground before the ball's removed, you know, you need to be able to have two feet down, which he had two feet down, you have to make a football move unless you can't make a football move, and when you're on the ground with your back butt and head on the ground, you can't make a football move, so if someone takes the ball, It's just a, that's just a, one of the weirdest interceptions, and it adds to... Um, a great number of weird interceptions. And it's just like with everything going on luck-wise for Mayfield, every ball that is just fractionally off or missed is landing in the defense's hands. You look at his second interception on a really poor throw to Kadero Hodge up, ha- up, you know, up the hash. But Hodge gets a hand on it. It hits the cornerback's shoulder and then perfectly bounces into the air for for Jesse Bates to pick off. And then if you look at the other one that ended up getting nullified to defensive pass interference – it's another one where Odell goes up to catch it. It gets tipped right up in the air, and Bates is there to grab it. It's like any ball that can get tipped and caught, it, it is just happening to me. I don't know if it's a karma thing. I'm not sure. I can't speak to it, but every ball that is off and tipped and dropped, it is landing in the defense's hands, and his numbers in terms of turnover where he throws two actual interceptions, is, is as far as I know, is leading the NFL over the past two years. It's kind of wild how unlucky he is, but – um, I did not think he played too well. He should have thrown an early interception on a uh, um, an RPO that he threw right to Nick Vigil. He ends up only eleven of twenty four. You can still see that they're 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 just off. They had two big sideline plays. Odell catches one, but he just bobbles it fractionally and then doesn't get the two feet in. And then on a, on a play action play, he had one to Jarvis Landry where he doesn't get the feet in. It's like they're just off. They're just off by a step or two, and it's 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 leading to an offense that just can't find the consistent cohesion. And then he speaks to, you know, if we look at the rushing stats, the Browns only ran Nick Chubb three times in the first half. I think they only ran five times total in the first half. So it's like, you know, if I I can pull that up real quick, it's not a big deal to pull up. But the Browns only ran the football. Um, They ran, yeah, five, sorry, six total runs in the first half for 17 yards between Hunt and Chubb, three each. Um, Hunt went for 10 and Nick Chubb went for seven. So, you know, I think that there's got to be a sh- a complete frame of mind. I know the Browns want to throw it. They have this wide receiver who's uh uh you know an elite wide receiver in that tier in the NFL, and they have Jarvis Landry, and they have you know getting David Njoku back or whatever. They want to be a throwing team. Freddie's an old quarterback, but they've got to understand that they are a they are a running team first, and how they how they build their offense should be based on that run game, and they're not doing it enough. Now I commend. Um, Freddie Kitchens for in the second half running Nick and allowing Nick to do the things he's most effective with in wide zone and some different schemes that they used. He goes in the second half, um, you know, 12 carries for – I think he had 95 yards. He ends up with 15 carries for 106 yards. Looks like himself, breaking tackles, explosive in the open field. you got to give that guy the football more. Now, they've given him the football plenty in terms of uh, attempted rushes for Nick Chubb, but it, it, they, they have to start it that way. They have to build it that way. And I get you want to throw against Cincinnati. I get you want to throw against everybody. But right now, they're not a good throwing team. So you either need to look in the mirror and understand who you are, or, you know, um, continue to struggle in some of these games. And I was an advocate for throwing the football before this game, too. But you, you got to build what you do throwing the football off of what you're able to do running the football. I know there's no correlation between play-action success and, and running the ball. But I think that there can be for this team. I think it can have a big impact. And I think that they should really try, as games begin, to run the football effectively. And if they bail on it and they don't give enough attempts and they get themselves into this one-dimensional team, they're not good enough to beat teams that way. In the first half, I thought it was pretty evident that they weren't going to be able to do that as they turn the football over two times. Receptions-wise, Jarvis Landry goes four for 76, continues to lead the team. Kareem Hunt goes two for 40. Odell Beckham only gets five targets, two catches for 39 yards. I didn't... I had to watch it all 22, but I didn't see him running wide open all too often. Defensive, I thought Larry Ogunjobi played his butt off. He had nine uh, total tackles. He had a half a sack. Uh, Sheldon Richardson also played his butt off up front. Sheldon Redwine had eight tackles, so I'm gonna watch him closely. Thought he did some instinctual things really well and and tackled pretty well too for the most part. So I, I like I like I liked that game for Sheldon. I hope he has a future here because the Browns really need young potential players in that secondary. I'm hoping he can be it tentatively. Um, like I said, Sheldon played well. Joe Sjobert played well. Seven tackles. He was all over the field. Thought TJ Carey did some things well. Lost contain a couple times. Denzel Ward had the five uh, tackles. Marius Randall had five tackles. Mac Wilson had six. Thought he played okay. Had some nice coverage moments. Had some missed tackle moments for the most part. Thought he was fine. Um, you know, wouldn't lean one way or the other. I got to look at the Look at the all twenty two when it comes out, and then look at what Pro Football Focus grades it as. But you know, I, there's not a ton to talk about here anymore. I mean, I'm not going to go through the play by play. I don't need to do that. This is, this is, in my opinion, a win that is, um, it's good to have. Um, they need it. They're still alive in the playoff hunt. They have um, an opportunity. If Tennessee needs to struggle on the way home, I think they need to lose some football games. Pittsburgh needs to go two and two. They need two losses. I think they have Buffalo and and uh, Baltimore on their schedule remaining. If they can lose two of those games, Cleveland has a chance. Um, you know, has a chance there. But otherwise, uh, you know, Buffalo needs to lose a, a multiple games. It just doesn't look good. I it, it could happen. You needed Tennessee to lose to to Oakland today, and you needed Arizona to rise up and beat. Pittsburgh, but Joe Hayden decides to pick off two passes, and they keep doing that whole fade up the sideline, pray for a flag thing that they do. Nonetheless, Pittsburgh wins again. It's it's not looking great. Um, I'm not sure what we're gonna see. I mean, they play Arizona this upcoming week. That'll be interesting because they present a unique challenge and a different offense. And um, but but with this Browns team, guys, I I don't I don't know I don't I don't know what to tell you. It's I've never seen expectations so high in the talent level, so high um, to ultimately lead you um, down this path that I just didn't see coming. I just didn't see these guys struggling this much to get on the same page. And it could speak to Freddie Kitchens in this offense in total. I mean, there's no denying that they really struggled to get plays in timely. There's clearly a a communication issue with the coaches on the sideline. There was the awkward moment between Prefer and and Freddie there between um, those two guys heading into halftime, whether they want to take a timeout, make Cincinnati punt, whatever. It's just a weird, weird dynamic. And if you watch Freddie, he's not even really talking to anybody between series. He's just staring at his play sheet while the Browns' defense is out there. So there's there's not a ton of communication with the quarterback. I, look, I don't know. I don't know if Freddie's the answer. I've wanted to see him improve on things and improve the cohesion and functionality of this offense, but I have not seen it. Um, I have not seen it yet, and I, I, I remain concerned about his future. I think he's he's probably going to get a second year as it sits today. And if they if they beat Arizona and beat Cincinnati week 17, they, he has a shot to stick around. That Baltimore game is obviously the coin flip. I don't know. I, I just know that you know going for um, 333 yards against this Bengals defense is relatively unacceptable. They need to do better. And um, the, the 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 separation and the and the, the issues in the locker room and clearly the divide and the, in the uh, issues with discipline with uh, Demarius Randall it, it it is an unhealthy environment I hope it changes I'm glad they're six and seven I'm glad they got a win uh, I will never truly be upset about a win they got one but this is and I said it earlier it's the Browns are a bad football team playing bad football who beat a worse team and that you can celebrate that. That's cool. I'm not going to sit here and tell you you can't celebrate it. That's not what I'm doing, but I am saying this is not something to write home about and it does not make me feel good about where the Browns are going, especially over the last three weeks with really important games left on the schedule. So that's all I have. Um, You know, it's, it's a victory Monday. Enjoy it. We don't get enough of these as Browns fans, but um, I'm just giving you sort of some insight on where I am mentally with this team. So hopefully, I continue to keep my fingers crossed that it changes. I want to be positive all the time. I want to write about great football. I want to write about smart people. That's what I love to do. I'm just not getting enough of that. So... Um, appreciate you guys listening, uh, as usual. Listen to uh, all the Blue Wire podcast stuff out there. Some great football content. Taj Boy does his own podcast, among many others, who are smart, smart football people. Good draft content available, too. So um, listen, enjoy, and, and jump on with this. I think Blue Wire is going places. So appreciate you guys listening to Brownsville Fan Breakdown. We will jump back in um, with an, a guest who uh, focuses on Arizona. We'll jump back in with them and preview the Cardinals later this week. Until then, I will tell you. Um, I'm gonna end with a weird anecdote. If you are not, you know, there's, there, there's, if you're a show person, please watch Watchmen. If you like that kind of stuff, the comic book stuff, um, but good humanitarian type discussions and thought processing. Um, a weird nugget to leave you with, but I'm leaving you with that Watchmen nuggets. and HBO show. Get a free trial. Do whatever you have to do and watch that show. I have. Uh, always been a big believer that there would never be anything better, in my opinion, than Breaking Bad, uh, but we are seeing that with Watchmen. It was a phenomenal episode. Every episode has gotten better. I urge you to watch it. Um, you don't have to pay me for that tip or that review or anything like that, but I'm just telling you where my mind is. Uh, watch that show if you get some time, if you have uh, any free time on your hands. I urge you to do so. Enjoy your Monday, guys, and as usual, go browse